This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 10, Your 401k, Who's Benefiting the Most? Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Uh, With me here today in the studio, I have Mark Willis. Hey there. And then also our regular contributor, Katrina Willis. Hi there. Uh, So just want to say thank you, everyone, for joining us again here today. Uh, Last episode, we left you with some pretty heavy news, heavy material that we were covering, uh, but it's all... Um, timely and 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 you know matters, which is why we wanted to share it with you. We don't just share it for fun, <laughs> or you know to to discourage you. Uh, we share it because we want you to know about it and make sure that you're aware of what's going on in the financial environment around you. That's the whole point of why we're why we're doing this. Um, and so I'd promised at the end of our last episode that we would spend these next couple episodes talking um, in greater detail about the 401k and you know who are the different parties. To the 401k, who all is benefiting from the 401k? Um, is it you? Is it your the? Is it your employer? Is it the government? You know, who's really benefiting, and where's the value being found uh, for you? So those are some of the things we want to dive into here today. So what if I told you that you are sixth, sixth in line for your own money, sitting in that 401k, sixth? I would, I, I would say absolutely not. I'm, yeah. I'm first. It's my 401k. <laughs> if I look at my 401k balance and I got a million bucks in there, I feel pretty good. But the trouble is not all of that belongs to you or me. Uh, if you count it up, depending on what state you live in, uh, the federal government will take some of that. Thank you very much. The state government and then the brokerage house will take their piece every single year. The advisor isn't doing this for charity and neither is the investment manager doing this for charity. They're all taking a little piece off your back before you can go spend that money at the grocery store. That's six people or five people ahead of you and you're sixth in line. That's a long line of people uh, waiting for your money. And it's guaranteed for those people to get their share. Why is it guaranteed? What, What do you mean by that? I mean, they will get paid whether you get paid or not. So whether the markets are up or down or sideways, you're saying... The contributions you put in are being tapped by those sources, Boom. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, absolutely. And so we kind of wanted to pack, unpack, you know, who those different parties are and the different benefits that they're receiving. So, you know, what what are they getting? What's their portion of the pie? And, you know, what are they in it for? And so... <laughs> the um, question is, did I invite you for pie? Yeah. <laughs> did, I, did I even invite you to this party? I did not put a fork out. <laughs> um, and so the first one that we wanted to talk about is, you know, the actual fund manager um, to your... 401k. And so obviously, you know, what's the big benefit to them? Well, that's the fees. So those are the fees that they're going to be taking um, off your account each and every year. And so the um, investment in the 401k industry is a $4.4 trillion industry. Trillion. Trillion. 
Trillion. Trillion. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is where they're benefiting uh, from the 401k and from everyone just kind of following this same old advice. I shouldn't call it old. It's actually quite new. But following the same advice, um, they're benefiting from the fees that are being taken off of this $4.4 trillion industry each and every year. Holly, can I stop you really quick here? Because, uh, man, that's crazy. And, and I, uh, I, we did a research on some of this, and thestreet.com did a big uh, research on the 401k, found that there are on average 17, 17 on, on average fees, different fees, plugged right into that 401k of yours. The fine print. The fine print, 17 fees. Now, uh, 72% of Americans believe that there are no fees. Three out of four of us believe there are no fees on our 401k. And of those people that do know there are fees, 92% of them have no idea what they are. Wow. I was actually just reading the um, 401k statement disclosure that came in the mail for uh, my husband's work the other day. And there was a divorce fee. What? <laughs> on that 401k. If you got divorced, they were going, they charge you a fee to have to, to split the account to accommodate for the divorce. How much is that fee? I think it was like 550 bucks. So it wasn't a percentage, but they're going to... That is, that's because, a few dinners Because out. you know what? Divorce isn't hard enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, wow. like they're going to, you know, they're going to take crazy. an extra... F- so so those are wow. the kinds of fees we're talking about. You know, 17, uh, was it 17 17 fees? separate fees, not to mention the whole bucket is being, ta- uh, being feed on, you know, dinged for an asset center management fee, which is the real killer. Yeah, yeah which I mean, obviously, you know, divorce fee, that's only relevant Lots when it's relevant. Lots of little relevant. gremlins, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, you just made that statement and I was like, wow, yeah, actually, I was just looking at that and it was listing out the different fees and that was one of them. Um, but yeah, so the fees are everywhere. And we talked about in our very first episode, we kind of talked about these different fees and how they really eat into your returns and the growth of your money. And so we were talking about, you know, everyone's getting, in reality, according to Dalbar um, and the study that we cited there, you know, people are only getting about, you know, it's call it 3% um, in the stock market when they, you know, in fact, think they're getting much better or the stock market itself is doing much better. And it's this reality of fees that results in the fact that we'll, we'll never achieve the same growth as the stock market itself or the index. Um, in fact, according to Another Dalbar study uh, that was done in uh, 2017, so this very year, um, the return that we'd cited and we talked about earlier was that, you know, kind of the average equity investor was getting 3.98%. So how much do you think, though, the stock market actually did that year? Well, it should, if they're on an index fund, aren't we just buying the index? Shouldn't we do exactly what the index did? Yeah, you should get the exact same. So it means the stock market must not have done much more than... 3.98. 3.98. You know, 3.98. Yeah. But in fact, the S&P 500 um, actually did 10.16. Mind-boggling. How is that possible? Fees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's the fees that are um, eating into people's returns. And again, also kind of leading to, um, I would say, the lack of success of the 401k, where, you know, we we're talking in our last episode about how people are looking back and saying, hey, actually, people aren't doing what we thought they were doing. People aren't averaging 7% a year. So now, therefore, the 401k is insufficient to meet their retirement needs. And fees are a huge part of that. And fees are uh, exactly, you know, the benefit that the different fund managers are 
receiving. Um, so we can you know, move on to the next one, the next party uh, to your 401k that, that you didn't even know. So our, our next little gremlin rummaging around in your chest of gold is the, em- <laughs> is, is the employer. You know, when uh, all they have to do is contribute uh, their match and then they can wash their hands of you. Uh, if the, you know, in fact, recent um, regulations came through that said, hey, if you put if you put your employees, okay, Mr. Boss or, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Boss, if you put your employees' money into these things called TDFs or uh, target date funds, uh, you are absolved of liability. If the stock market goes down and all of your employees had your had their money in these things called TDFs, target date funds, and the market crashes, they, the employees, cannot sue you, Mr. or Mrs. Employer. So what do you think all the employers did? Well, automatically, they're going to get as much liability uh, off their plate as possible. And they put all their employees in the most expensive place they could put their money, which is a TDF fund. Yeah, by the way, conveniently, these TDFs that were sanctioned as <laughs> being better in order to you know, create this lack of liability for the company have some of the highest fees. Mm-hmm. Out of yeah. any of Average the funds of out there. Average of 2.5% per year. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that was that was convenient. That was really convenient yeah. <laughs> that, just, just that, so that happened. happened to be the one. Why would that be? Yeah. Who, who possibly could benefit from that? Yeah. So really with the employer, the benefit isn't necessarily a monetary one in terms of they're getting a cut. You know, they're getting a 1%. The benefit to them is that doing the 401k allows them to not have to do the pension and or not have any other sort of liability or responsibility out there um, for you, you know, in your retirement. They were just able to say, hey, here's here's your little match. Go have fun. You know, rest is up to you. And getting into the plan is becoming more and more pressured because they want as many human beings as possible in these plans so they can get better rates for their group. The smaller businesses that have fewer people have higher fees even more you know, smaller uh, the plan, the more expensive it is. Right. And yeah. so the employers are very interested in these plans that, you know, Thaler and other people are talking about where you have not a forced contribution, but you create unconscious decision making, you know, the human behavioral economics piece where you do something unconsciously all the time, like an increased benefit every year um, without even thinking about it. You just check a box one time. And then forevermore, you're in this plan. And you do that for all the employees. Mm-hmm. And even Ted Benno was saying he would like to see more people in the 401k, even though he thinks it's a monster. I, I don't understand that back and forth. But um, it, it makes you question, OK, what, what's going on here? It's a liability game. Sure. Yeah. Well, so beyond fees, wow, we could spend a lot of time talking about that. But let's talk about how the government, uh, how Uncle Sam is probably going to retire before you will. Uh, so the government benefits, obviously, from this. They created the 401k. It's written right into their tax code. But what if I told you that the government is guaranteed to get a higher rate of return on your 401k than you will? We'll put the chart of this in, your, in, in our show notes for this episode. But let's say that you're a guy that's just putting some money into a 401k. Let's say you're putting in $10,000 a year into a 401k. And let's say you're in a 30% tax bracket. Let's say that you just put in that regular 10000 every year for 30 years. That means that you uh, saved paying the government in those years that you were funding your 401k 90000 bucks over the course of those uh, 30 years. If the account grows at a, a nice healthy 7% a year, now you've grown your money to a million bucks. That's not bad. Not bad. But unfortunately, now, uh, now we've got to pay the piper. Uncle Sam wants that money. And you can't just stroke a check for 90000 bucks. You have to pay the tax on the entire $1 million. 
that your 401k has grown to. So let's say that you start taking money out of that 401k and let's say you're doing it at, oh, let's say 65,000 bucks a year for your retirement. And let's say that does bring you down a little bit on your tax bracket down to 25%. That means of your 65,000 of income, you're paying about $15,000 a year in taxes. With me on all this so far? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you go out about 20 years, let's say you live for 20 years in your retirement, that means you paid the government $300,000. Okay, let's step back. You saved 90,000 over the course of 30 years to put it into the 401k, and you paid the government $300,000. How does that make you feel? The government always wins. So, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, that was that was a pretty healthy rate of return for them. Yeah, oh, right. Wow. Well, speaking of rate of return, the goal of these accounts is to grow. If you had a million bucks in your account, let's say you put in $500,000 over your lifetime and you had $500,000 of gains. And in a 25% tax bracket, the government says we don't have to pay the $125,000 in taxes that we should owe. And that feels good in the moment. That's the point. But if our million then again grew to two million, now there's an $800,000 tax liability that's gotta be paid on that account. So even though we've got two million sitting on our Fidelity or our Vanguard uh, website, we actually only have 1.2 million bucks. Your account grew from 500,000 to two million, and that's awesome. That's a four to one rate of return. But the government's investment grew from, uh, from $125,000 of what they would've gotten as you, if you hadn't done the 401k, to $800,000 of tax. That's an eight to one return. Automatically, no matter what your return is, the government will always have a higher rate of return on your 401k than you will. And one more thing, just to kind of see it as a gut punch, and this, uh, this is something that our friend Paul Nick brought up to me the other day, and we'll introduce him in our next episode, is in this episode, actually, in just a few minutes, the gut punch is you're paying fees on all the money that you'll never see. That 800000 800, bucks that the government just took from you, you were underwriting the cost of that $800,000 by paying the assets that are management, the divorce fee, the send your investment advisor out to a steak dinner fee, whatever other fees there might be, you were paying those fees, not just on your $1.2 million that you could get out of that 401k, but the $800,000 that is also being paid to Uncle Sam. So Uncle Sam wow. should be writing you a nice thank you note for having underwritten the cost of that investment for them for over your thirty year retirement or your thirty year career. So what you're what you're telling me is the government who essentially and maybe didn't come up with this idea but implemented it and and you know deemed it worthy of their, their tax code um, is through this system, through this four hundred one K that they sanctioned, um, is going to give them automatically a higher return and they don't have to pay any fees on it. You so we're it. so we're growing their money for them with paying the fees for them and giving them a higher return than they'd be able to get otherwise. Have you guys seen the matrix? It kind of reminds me a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if, if you haven't already kind of stopped to think about that, really go back and listen to our math on that. It, it blows you away. Every time I start to think about uh, underwriting the cost of our uh, government's investments, it, it kind of it, it makes me want to take a little walk for a minute. And, and this speaks to the story of the people that aren't able to get ahead in the mm -hmm. United States where they're yeah. under a ceiling and they're stuck. Right. And they're mindlessly going into these 401k plans because HR person said, this is what you do. Everybody does it. That's why you wanted this job because we have a 401k. And then you walk in the door and you realize that it, well, you never really realize it's an eight to one. And you never really make any waves with your financial growth because you're stuck 
paying these fees and working and toiling, and ultimately, what do you have to show for it? A very strong United States of America. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> so we thought we'd bring someone on that we believe has a lot to say about the 401k. All right. So he's a financial advisor himself. He and his family have been in the financial services industry for 50 plus years. He's another financial advisor that shares our sentiment about all this. You know, we're not just um, shouting into the wind here. There are many other financial planners who are waking up to the problems of the 401k. And uh, he actually, he and his father uh, have been around since the start. His father was in the business before 401ks were even a thing. So Paul Nick is a Bank on Yourself authorized advisor. He is also in the Houston area. And I asked him a few questions uh, about him, him uh, his family, his family's experience with the 401k. And I thought I'd introduce him to you guys now. I mean, basically, my family's been in the financial services industry for 50 years. My father was a general agent for uh, 38 years for Northwestern Mutual. So I grew up in the industry. And, you know, my father could be considered an insider because he, he had full brokerage. He had 120 advisors at his firm. Um, and even he made some mistakes along the way because he's got too much. Although he has a high income in retirement, he... He doesn't uh, have any real tax uh, advantages. Um, so he, you know, any little change in the tax code um, costs him a lot of money. Uh, and even though he has, you know, three and a half million dollars in over 50 policies, uh, that's his liquid capital, but his income is all, all taxable because it comes from pensions and things like that. So I've been able as, a, uh, as his son to, over the last 14 years of their retirement, be able to look at their tax returns and really see how what happens when you have all taxable income in retirement. So, right, well, I always ask folks, when's the best time to pay taxes while we're working in re or in retirement? And just without hesitation, everybody says while we're working. Um, so why, if that's what they believe, why would they put all their money into taxable accounts for retirement? Um, so, right, so, you know, income- That's because, uh, you know, income, 401k, <clears throat> that's because that 401k is waiting until you retire before uh, they tax you on the money. Uh, in other words, you've deferred it for 40 years during your working years, and now you've got this right. taxable account, this ticking tax time bomb waiting for you in, in, uh, in the last, you know, 25, 35 years of your life. Uh, so when, I mean, you really have to go back in history a little bit to understand why those types of accounts even came out. And when you look back in the 70s, when IRAs and SEP plans and deferred comp plans were coming out, we were in a 70% top tax bracket. So these high income entrepreneurs and executives at corporations started complaining to their congressmen and senators saying, look, this is ridiculous. You know, I'm giving away a huge amount of money. Uh, so they, you know, originally came out and they said, okay, you know, we're not going to lower taxes, but we'll, <clears throat> we'll let you do this uh, deferred compensation plan. You can put up to 250000 a year. In. So, you know, instead of lowering taxes, they, they give us a bone, really. Um, but then politics gets involved. And so because the, the rich people were getting um, an option to reduce their taxes and, <clears throat> you know, small business owners wanted something. So they came out with the SEP plan. Uh, and then the IRA and then the 401k. So, um, so instead of lowering taxes, they really just, uh, you know, threw everybody <clears throat> a bone and said, hey, you can pay the taxes later. Uh, so that works great in a high tax environment, right? And so the goal or the idea was, okay, I'll put in at a high tax rate and I'll take it out at a lower tax rate. So when you look at the history of the tax code today, or you ask anybody, what do you think tax rates are likely to do in the future? 
um, everybody says they're, they're likely to go up. So why would right. you put money in something that is likely to be taxed at a higher rate? That makes no sense. And if the government came out today and said, we're going to put a 50% tax on 401ks, wouldn't everybody try to cash out, get out of that account right away, right? Because it, it doesn't make sense. So yeah. people get kind of blinded thinking, oh, well, it must be right. This account must be the right thing to do because everybody's doing it and all the companies offer it. <clears throat> they offer it because, you know, they, they almost have to in some instances if they want to do special things for their retirement. The employees have to have something too. So going back into history, the goal of those accounts was to take money in a high tax rate, fund a, a 401k IRA SEP deferred comp plan, and then be in a lower tax bracket and take the money out. That's how they're designed to work. Mm. But today we're in some of the lowest tax rates in history and people are putting, you know, millions of dollars uh, into these accounts with the likelihood of taxes having to go up in the future. And that's not me saying that that's a lot of people in the government are saying taxes are going to have to go up. The, uh, the GAO yeah. is saying that. And we also asked him about some other risks that are baked into the 401k. Okay, so one of, one of the other problems that we see with the 401ks is probably um, probably the biggest is that the capital requirements that it takes to reach your spendable income that you want are, are almost impossible to meet. So to give you an example, we always like to run a scenario for a client where we show them what it takes to create $100,000 of spendable income in retirement uh, through a 401k. And if you're using Dr. Wade Fowles' research on the 3% rule now, um, that would mean that you would need $5 million uh, in an account. So we would need basically a distribution of 140,000, pay the taxes to net the same 100 um, that we could get like from a, a tax-free account or a, a bank on yourself plan, something like that. And so with the bank on yourself plan, all we need is about 1.6 million to create the same 100,000 spendable. Uh, in addition to that, it doesn't trigger provisional income tax. So we, none of our benefits from Social Security or Medicare are affected by that distribution where uh, we lose income to taxes on our Social Security when we take that income from a 401k or IRA or SEP or any other taxable account. Uh, so what we found over the years, if you're taking money from the wrong account in retirement, you could lose, if you're a married couple maxing Social Security out, you could lose 11000 a year in income from Social Security. And that's where it is today. They could always change that. But over 20 years, it's you know, 210000 because you took money from the wrong account. So what's your rate of return you need to get now every year to make up that loss? That's a lot of money. So <clears throat> what we want people to focus on and what we help them focus on is, hey, let's get us to an income that we know is going to be there. Uh, and plan that way instead of, you know, trying to pick a, an investment and hoping that it's going to work out. So true. It's, it's, uh, it's a dollar is not a dollar when it comes to retirement. It's all about where the money, where that dollar came from that matters the most. Uh, and why, exactly. why, push, why push against the goats? You know, why, why climb a mountain that seems to be an earthquake? Uh, you know, right. <laughs> if we could have, if we could have something much simpler, why, why push so hard into a 401k if you, don't even need as much cash sitting in a bank on yourself type policy. Right. And when, and you know that that's actually going to happen. So it gets easy to fund, right? So, Hey, I need to hit this target at this date and you, you fund it that way. Right. Um, you could do the same thing with the 401k, but the problem is there's so many factors that, that change. So if we don't, if we only did half as good as our estimates on the 401k, well, 
now we're only getting 50,000 a year of income, right? Yep. So um, proper planning means that, hey, we need to have an income target that we know is gonna take place when we get there. It'd be no different than you, you know, taking your salary at, at work. <clears throat> um, you know, would, <laughs> if they offered you, you know, $100,000 a year salary, but they said, hey, we, we, we're, our business goes up and down. So there may be some years where you, we're not gonna pay you. Would you take that job? <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I'd say, no, I want to make sure I'm getting paid every year. Right. <laughs> but uh, so and that's how we we work at our companies. They pay us monthly income. And through that monthly income, we can uh, we know what we can afford with housing and uh, medical and kids and, and everything else. And so retirement um, should be the same way. And ideally, if you could walk day one out of your job into retirement and take that salary with you, that would be a secure retirement. Um, but now it's all left up to the consumer to try to figure all this out because of the, uh, the system that we use now, which is the 401k. So that's, that's uh, for your listeners, true. Mm -hmm. yeah, for your listeners, you know, the in focusing on income is going to give you a much safer route to, you know, planning that retirement. And so look for the, look for the income target, not necessarily the, the, the rate of return or the investment, because even if you got a 20% rate of return, market could take it back next year right and not yeah, a, you can't spend a rate of return at the grocery store right and what's really going to change in your life if you have a million dollars and you got a 20 percent rate of return what what's going to change in your life that year you know well not a lot because you can't spend all that gain because you don't know what's going to happen next year <laughs> so uh very difficult and stressful and for our clients we want them to be stress-free and not have to worry about their money uh, when they get to retirement well, and thanks to Paul Nick for his contributions today. Uh, I think he really said it best. And so what I'm going to do is just sort of wrap up this episode. Uh, if you could really review from a high level, you know, uh, you know, 401ks have essentially become a cocktail of high fees, volatility, and tax. A time bomb if there ever was one. So we'll wrap this episode here now today, and we'll be back next week with another episode uh, thank you for joining us today for this episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.